and welcome to episode 35 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Grant. I'm Jess Rubenstein. I appreciate that you're spending your time with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, baby. The NBA preseason is officially in session. And you don't have to wait for the games to count towards their records for you to win some money while you watch. You can head on over to Bet Online and place a bet on tonight's game with lines on total points, money lines, and spreads. But whether you're looking to place a bet on the NBA, upcoming games in the NFL, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we go over some of the upsets from the college hockey world. But first, we at last have some World Juniors rosters to announce. And Jess, we're in for a good one this year. Let's start right here at home with the red, white, and blue. 22 of the 25 members of Team USA have college hockey on their resume. The only three outliers are goalie Dustin Wolf, defenseman Hunter Skinner, and forward Arthur Kaliev. But let's go through the list of players, and I've organized the roster to go by school represented. From Boston College, forward Matthew Boldy, defenseman Drew Hellison, and goalie Spencer Knight. From Michigan, forwards Matty Beneers and Brendan Brisson, and defenseman Cam York. From Minnesota, defenseman Brock Faber, Ryan Johnson, and Jackson Lacombe. From Harvard, forward John Farinacci and defenseman Henry Thrun. From North Dakota, defenseman Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin. From Providence, forwards Brett Berard and Patrick Moynihan. From Wisconsin, forwards Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcott. From Denver, forward Bobby Brink. From Notre Dame, forward Landon Slagger. From Boston University, Trevor Zegris. From Northeastern, forward Sam Colangelo. And finally, from Ferris State, goalie Logan Stein. Jess, that's one hell of a roster Team USA has put together after some speed bumps like Johnny Beecher and Thomas Bordalo being cut for COVID exposure and Nick Robertson not being loaned to the team by the Toronto Maple Leafs. But let's start off the Team USA discussion with your initial thoughts, Jess. Uh, that's going to be a really good team. Boston College alone uh, is sending some really, really talented players. My favorite, of course, is going to be goalie Spencer Knight. I think he's a first-class player. And I think Team USA is going to go as far as Knight carries him. They're going to need him to be on his toes the entire tournament. If he plays well, Team USA is going to do well. I think Team USA has put together a very competitive squad here. A lot of these names probably sound familiar to the average fan, and that's because there's a good number of guys on this team a lot of people consider to be on the brink, if not already capable of playing in the NHL if they wanted to. Alex Turcott, Trevor Zegris, Spencer Knight, Arthur Kaliev. These are all guys who could handle the show right now. I also want to check the heart rate of Jonathan Davis from Believe in West Coast Hockey because Anaheim and Los Angeles, very well represented on this list. Colangelo, Kaliev, Turcott, Zegris, Faber, Lacombe, Thrun. Almost 30% of this roster, Jess, has their rights in California. Very exciting if you're a West Coaster. But back to the heart of the story here, I think it's very likely this team walks away with a medal. A couple of European teams will give them a run like they always do. Finland, Sweden, Russia, and we'll tackle Canada in a little bit. But this is a team that comes with a lot of talent from the college world. And Jess, is there a team that you think is going to spend the next few games of their college hockey season before the holiday break 
wishing they had their full squad together for them? I think a lot of schools would be hurt by this tournament because, you know, Boston College losing their first game last night, in large part, they shouldn't lose to a UConn. So I think, you know, you lose to Spencer Knight. COVID has already affected this tournament. Some guys are didn't get an invite. Sweden lost Ranger prospect Carl Hendrickson to COVID. And that's a big blow because that's one hell of a playmaking player. He had a breakout tournament last year. But you know what? We're not talking about the team that I think is going to repeat as a gold medal champion. And that's Hockey Canada. It's a monster squad. Any other year, I mean, you're looking at a team that's got three goalies, three goalies that you can put out there each night. They would be a number one goalie for any other team. But two guys are not going to play. And that's going to be really interesting to watch. Who's going to be Canada's starting goalie? I think Canada's the favorite to win this whole tournament. I am just blown away by the talent level they have. You know, I cover the Ranger prospects. I see Braden Schneider on there. He's going to be an important factor on their defense. They can use him in any area. If they want to use him as a one or a two or drop him down to second pair, he will fit in just well. You know, the only thing that's interesting is this is a really good team that didn't get some of the USA's college talent. Michigan refused to send some of their players because of the COVID. This ought to be a fun tournament. You got the usual rivals in the brackets, but I still think, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we're talking Canada. Some colleges are taking a massive blow because of all these roster moves. Michigan has sent three people. Boston College has sent three people just to Team USA alone. Now, teams like UConn are sending kids to Russia. You know, a lot of teams are taking big blows, and a team like North Dakota sending Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin, they're still going to be playing when it's time for Christmas and New Year. So we'll have to see how that affects them. But, Jess, you brought up a great point. I think it's time we talk about the Death Star. I'm sorry, Team Canada. Before we get to their roster, Jess, I want to take you through the list of final cuts that I think any other team would love to have on their squad. These are the last few players that Canada decided were not going to make their team. Seth Jarvis. Maverick Bork didn't make the roster, Sam Poulin, Jamison Reese, Graham Clark, Gage Goncalves, Donovan Sobrango, Lucas Cormier, and Ryan O'Rourke all made the last cuts and unfortunately will not be playing for Team Canada. I'm just shocked. You know, okay, I'm a little bit biased. Portland Winterhawks are across the river from me. I mean, that's where I go to for most of my games. To see this happen is just mind-blowing. Here's a first-round pick a first-round pick in the NHL draft, and he can't make this squad. When's the last time you saw a first-round pick not make a junior team? It's crazy. Guys like Seth Jarvis, Maverick Bork, Sam Poulin, all top-round picks, Jess, some phenomenal talent, and we didn't even get to the guys who were actually going to play. It's crazy. I'm going to enjoy watching this tournament. Their defense alone, you know, the eight guys that they took, any one of these guys, Justin Barron or Braden Schneider or even Jamie Drysdale, all first-round players. Oh, my God. You look at their first line, Dylan Holloway, Alex Newbrook, Jacob Peltier. I mean, that's scary. They've got Clinton Byfield listed as a fourth-line center. Are you kidding me? That's how deep this roster is. Ryan Suzuki is an extra player. Oh, come on. 
this is not fair. I mean, Canada's going to come into this tournament and anybody they put out on the ice is going to be a top-line player. So let's hear the players on Team Canada. We've been beating around the bush now. Let's actually talk about the guys. So I've broken this list of the Canadian World Junior Team roster by league. So let's hear who they bring to the table from the OHL forwards, Quinton Byfield, Connor McMichael, Cole Perfetti, Jack Quinn, Ryan Suzuki, and Philip Tomasino, and defenseman Jamie Drysdale and Thomas Harley. From the WHL, forwards Dylan Cousins, Peyton Krebs, and Connor Zary. Defenseman Bowen Byram, Caden Gooley, Caden Korzak, and Braden Schneider. And goalies Dylan Garand and Taylor Gautier. From the Q, forwards Dawson Mercer and Jacob Pelletier, and defenseman Justin Barron and Jordan Spence. From the NHL, Chicago Blackhawks forward Kirby Dock. And from the NCAA, Wisconsin center Dylan Holloway, Boston College center Alex Newhook, and Northeastern goalie Devin Levy. So just one quick read of this team, and it is stacked beyond belief. 25 players on the team, 80% of them drafted in the first round. Is there any chance that this team can get beat? Uh, Only if they beat themselves. I mean, really, you've got three guys who are number one goalies on their respective teams, in their respective leagues, on defense. Actually, you've got a really balanced defense. You don't just have guys who are either just pure offense or just pure defense. You've got guys who are two-way players. First and second lines that I've got listed here, whether it's Dylan Holloway or Jack Quinn on the left side, Kirby Doc on the right side, Peyton Krebs on the right side, Dylan Cousins is listed as a second-line center on their depth chart. And like I said, Quinton Byfield listed as a fourth-line center. Are you kidding me? Ryan Suzuki is listed as an extra center. These are guys on any other team would be their top player. That's how deep Canada is. I think the Europeans are going to have a smaller advantage over a Canadian or USA team because they've gotten to play pretty much for most of the fall. And for these guys that are going to play for Team USA and Hockey Canada, this will be their first play of the year. Some of these guys haven't played since March. That's going to be probably the only advantage Europeans are going to have against the North American squads is because they've gotten to play. Some of them have played as many as 30, maybe 40 games. I don't want to call Hockey Canada's team a lock for the gold medal game because that's the beauty of sports, right? Any given day you can win. We live in a world of upsets. We've even had some in the world juniors. But answer me this question, Jess. Could this team not go right now and beat Detroit? Oh, Could this team uh, not go and uh, give <laughs> Ottawa a run for their money? This team is incredible. Look at it, Jess. Top to bottom, like you said, talent out the wazoo. They're cutting guys that would make any other roster, but right now they just are too talented to fit them in. What what a privilege that is. And that's why Canada is the hockey capital of the world. It's that for a reason. They have the privilege of turning away first-round draft picks by choice. You know, and there's always a chance that things don't go as planned. There's more than one team out there capable of bringing down a giant. But Team Canada this year, man. It makes me excited to get to see this tournament, get to see this incredible pool of talent that they've riled together. And I just don't know if there's any way of stopping them because, man, they got everything they could ever want. I would have loved to see Canada, this Canada roster, 
in a normal year. You know, if there hadn't been any COVID, I would say that nobody can beat it. There's another factor that's got to be taken in consideration. How many of these guys on Canada's team were on last year's team that won the gold? They're not returning just one or two players. They're returning pretty much, I'd say, about half their squad, maybe more. Andre Tourguet is going to be the head coach. Michael Dick is an assistant coach. So is Mitch Love. These are really experienced guys who've been behind the bench, have coached at the international level, or in like the case of uh, of Mitch Love, he's played in these tournaments. So this is going to be a really, really talented team. We start off on Christmas Day. Well, Canada opens up against Germany. Team USA plays on Christmas Day against maybe the dark horse for the gold, and that's Russia, because every year you hear this, Russia's got this, Russia's got that, and then everybody talks about Russia's problems, but then you wake up and turn around and see Russia in the semifinals, Russia in the finals. I'd say, you know, Germany, weak spot, Slovakia, weak spot, the Swiss might surprise some people. Sweden, well, Sweden is always there. Czech Republic, yeah. Oh, and we can't just, we can't, the team that's probably going to be there for a cameo and then back to relegation, and that's Austria. To close out World Junior Talk, to answer your question, Jess, Canada is bringing back six gold medal players on this team Quinton Byfield, Bowen Byram, Dylan Cousins. Connor McMichael, Jamie Drysdale, and Dawson Mercer. So six players who have won gold medals are coming back to play in the World Junior Tournament. But let's close the show, Jess, with some college hockey, everyone's favorite. We've had some fun games this weekend, but we've also got plenty of updates to talk about. So as of recording, here's what we've seen so far. And I want to get to the updates, but I want to save the juicy stuff for the end. So here are some of the other big games. On Thursday, number nine, Denver went into Miami and won 5-1 against the Red Hawks. And number one, North Dakota tied Minnesota Duluth 2-2 with Minnesota Duluth winning the shootout for the point in the standings. On Friday, number two, BC won in overtime 4-3 against UConn. Number 16, Bowling Green won their game over Ferris State 3-2. And Penn State beat the number 20 Arizona State Sun Devils 3-2 in overtime. And on Saturday, number 15, Notre Dame shut out number 14, Ohio State 3-0. Number three, Minnesota Duluth beat number nine, Denver 4-1. Number 16, Bowling Green won 6-2 at Ferris State. Number 17, Northeastern brought the business to Merrimack with an 8-2 win. And number seven, Clarkson squeaked out a 4-3 win in overtime against Mercyhurst. But now, the three big upsets of the weekend, Jess. We'll start with Miami snapping their five-game losing streak to get their first win of the year with a 1-0 shutout over number 18, Omaha. Number two, Boston College drops a game in stores as UConn picks up a 3-1 win at home. And number one, North Dakota loses 5-3 against none other than number 13, St. Cloud State. Just some big wins for the favorites and the underdogs of the week. What are some big takeaways for you? I'm seeing a lot of balance this year. I can't believe you didn't mention it, that Long Island University split their series with, with RIT for the weekend. Well, they did so split their series, you're right. They did. You know, it's kind of hard with all these players being lost to uh, to the junior teams. It's really hard to get a good feel for who really lost. Boston University, they got hit hard again. If COVID doesn't hit some of these schools, 
you have to ask what's going on. Boston University shut down again. UMass has hardly played. It's kind of weird. It's crazy because we talked about starting and stopping last week, and now we're dealing with world juniors picking players off from teams, we're talking about COVID still affecting teams and shutting down. And the holiday break is right around the corner. So just as we kind of start, we also kind of stop in the same sense, Jess. It's tough for the NCAA. But in terms of what we've seen so far this weekend, I want to talk about the story of the week first. St. Cloud is a top 10 team in the nation. I know that loss to Western Michigan stings a little now that they're unranked, but this team now has a victory over the best team in the nation right now. They continue to impress with every game. They're a top 10 team now, and I think that's incredible for a team that started the season unranked. In terms of the other big upset, Boston College, I won't lie and say I'm not surprised Boston College lost to UConn, but I will say I think UConn is normally one of the more consistently underrated programs in the country. And on top of that, they're missing Kuznetsov and first off to Team Russia in the World Juniors. But they've got plenty of talent left to spare, Jess. Guys like Artem Schlein, Nick Capone, those guys both found themselves on the score sheet this past weekend. I think Boston College is a significantly better team with or without missing talent because of World Juniors. But I really do think it's awesome to see UConn show up and get this win and get a little bit of recognition. Only four points worth of votes in this past Usho poll. I'm sure they'll get a little more come on Monday. And speaking of the Usho poll, Jess, I think that's the most exciting part about this weekend. I've got no idea what the top five is going to look like. Probably see Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth get a few first place votes now, but I have absolutely no idea what this poll is going to look like on Monday. I'm super excited to see what it looks like after this episode comes out. It's going to be interesting, you know, uh, leagues only need to have 13 games to qualify for the NC2A tournament. So it's going to be kind of interesting when one school here, one school there, they're not playing. And I'm really worried that unless these teams have something I don't know, that we're going to see a lot more of this COVID shutdowns. I really would rather see maybe let's not play a Frozen Four. If you win your league, you win your league. You don't need to go play a Frozen Four. I'm watching the Pac-10, and the Pac-10 kind of embarrassed me by one of their schools playing for the championship because they canceled a game that would have decided whether they went or not. Uh, Washington and Oregon. And yeah, I live in both areas. I'm a Duck fan, and it pissed me off to see that Washington got into the Pac-12 championship by canceling their game against Oregon, because if Oregon would have won, they would have gone. That scares me in the NC2A. I hope that doesn't happen in hockey, because that's a real, to me, chintzy way to make it to a championship round. That is going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for spending your time with us. Stay safe out there, people. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time.